The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well. But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, the land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America and we truly do believe. You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his prestigious co-host. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray and this week's co-host. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is already July 23rd, 2013. I'm Gary Ray along with my co-host Linda Crater, President and CEO for VeteranCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I am just fine. I'm with you. I don't know how we got already to the 23rd of July. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, some good news here is we've been uh, looking at some analytics, and we're already getting visitors from uh, uh, the Netherlands, uh, ne- uh, Nepal, Nepal, I believe that's how you pronounce it, France, Nepal. Uh, mm-hmm. China, um, and a couple other places around the world, which is phenomenal. <laughs> That's very good news. Yes, it is. Well, today it's kind of exciting. We have two half-hour shows for you. Our first half of the show will be talking to the founder and facilitator for the California Statewide Collaborative for our military and families and how it's bringing the communities together. The second half will be talking to two proud veterans that will be taking an unbelievable walk for PTSD and veteran suicide awareness, a distance of 2,700 miles. Yes, you heard me right. Linda, why don't you go ahead and introduce our first guest. I am most delighted to introduce Mary Ellen Salzano who works closely in California, creating collaboratives of nonprofit and community organizations that all work toward a mission to help our service members, their families, and our veterans. And it's an excellent example of what can occur when all of the silos disappear and everyone works together. And I've worked with Mary Ellen on several programs together, and I'm delighted to introduce you to our audience today, Mary Ellen. Welcome. Thank you so very much. 
it's a blessing and an honor to be here to discuss how we can create collaborative communities which link together federal, state, local, and community at one table. I'm going to discuss this morning a bit about California. California has one of the highest numbers of deployed, wounded, severely wounded, and killed in action. Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation New Dawn have impacted our country and our state for close to 12 years now. We will live with the effects of these wars for at least seven generations. That's the Native American rule. Be very cautious about what decision you make, whether you feel it's going to be a positive decision or possibly a negative decision, because you and seven generations will live with the impact of the decision that is being made for seven generations. California is also home to over 172,000 women veterans. We also have the highest number of military and veteran children, and we do not know where they are located. In June of 2007, the California Statewide Collaborative for Our Military and Families was created. Our mission is to build fully integrated partnerships of federal state, local, and community, connecting resources, benefits, and services. Our vision is to be a strong voice advocating for a holistic, compassionate continuum of services, treatment, and care for our service members, veterans, families, survivors, caregivers, and care providers. Our collaborative provides a form to share information and education. Mary Ellen? Yes? I'm sorry, this is Linda. I, I am always impressed when I hear the credentials and all of the activities that happen. Can you make this more personal for our audience and give an example of when someone comes to you, a veteran or a veteran family or a, a a specifically a female veteran or one with children, how do you bring together the groups to assist them? Is it one by one? Is it customized? Is it a group fashion? I, I think that's of great interest on how you have broken down the silos and help people. So can you take it down to one example? Well, what I would have to say in that regard is doing what I've been doing for 12 years now across the country with mm-hmm. intention and attention. We get to know a lot of different people in a lot of different avenues. And when a veteran or a family member comes my way, we do it, I do it very individually. And right. that is knowing that I am not the person that is skilled in case management who needs to know about this person? 
who needs to know mm-hmm. about the veteran, who needs to know about the family, and then making a connection and ensuring that veteran or family member is warmly welcomed into the next step. Perfect example, because that's, that's what, when you can bring together a lot of organizations and then communicate and connect between them, I'm sure that it increases the positive outcomes. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. There has to be a level of trust between mm-hmm. the service member, the family member, and Absolutely. the organization that you are reaching out to. So there has to be someone that is going to be monitoring and going to be accountable for making sure that that veteran or family member has made a good, solid connection. And that's what we ensure, that there's a good, solid connection made with the veteran and with the organization or the nonprofit or the VA that that family member or veteran is going to be reaching out to. Mary Ellen, are all states um, already doing this? No. That's the biggest challenge of all is that most people do not recognize, as you were saying, Linda, that there is the huge silo, the huge breakdown mm-hmm. in federal, state, local, and community. In California, we have 58 counties. Each county has their own offices and commissions, the way that they're governed. Even in our own counties, we do not have veteran resources mapped. Mm. In most states, you will not have most veteran resources mapped. You're not going to have up-to-date demographics. Right. And that's part of the challenge. If you don't know what is available in your community, you asked what is a, 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 a homegrown story. My thought would be, from what I have found in the 12 years that I have been doing this, is most people will not go for resources more than an hour to an hour and a half away. What Good are point. those resources for that family within, within an hour to an hour and a half? Most mm-hmm. veterans and families, what we have to recognize is, and, and I will make it personal in, in this regard, military members, the culture and the sensitivity, they have been trained that they need nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And they've been trained, if I need something, my brother or sister beside me needs it more than I do, therefore I will give it to them. What we have to recognize as a community, for a veteran or a family member to approach a nonprofit, to approach a civilian, to approach the VA in many respects, that is an absolute humbling of the soul and the spirit of that military member because they have been trained not to need anything. They can do it on their own. So the largest, most beautiful, most humbling gift that any of us can be given is when a service member or veteran comes to us and says, I am in need. Right. And then you go to fill that need in a customized manner using your network of trusted resources 
to provide them what they specifically need. Is that a good summation? That would be a very good summation. We have been meeting at Moffitt Field since June of 2007, every Mm. six weeks. This has been ongoing. So it's been very consistent with intention and attention how we have stood the collaborative up for different communities. Now, each community is going to have a different flavor, and so you want to be able to respond to that community. Uh, What we want to be able to be would be the first stop that people know that there's someone or an organization, a gathering of people that will watch over and make connections because the trust needs to be there. Right. If we could just hold that thought, uh, we're going to take a short break. Don't forget about our event on July 26th. Is actually this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. Our, good, our good friend and supporter of the American Heroes Network, Brad Sear, will be performing a free concert at our new office location at the 1876 Heritage Inn in Orange City, Florida. Go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com for all the details. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, and our guest, Ellen, Mary Ellen. And you're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you ready for another meeting? Do you leave wondering if you've made any progress or was it just another organizational reorganization? Are you looking for a way to change that and make progress? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel every week for educational leadership. What else is possible? With hosts Mary Maduna and Margaret Ruff. If you're ready to energize your leadership and create new possibilities, join us for a chance to look through a different lens and gain a new perspective every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. When we were on break, we we're just listening, listening to ourselves talk about 170,000 women just in California alone that are uh, military, correct? That's correct. And Linda, you had you were going to ask some questions about well, that. Well, I, I think it's interesting because I had no idea there were 172,000 women veterans alone in California. Yes. That is a very large number. And women veterans tend to have some different needs, whether it is because they have children um, or 
the medical care, etc. Um, how how I'm not being very articulate. Sorry about that. Uh, are there specific organizations that you have in your collaborative that are especially geared to address some of the sensitive women veteran issues that arise? One of the things that we have done as a collaborative, and I bring forth some of these ideas for the listeners so that they can understand how they might get involved in their state also. What we did as a collaborative, we approached the California Department of Veterans Affairs. We approached Lindsay Sin, who is our Deputy Secretary for Women Veteran Services, and we asked her, would she be willing on a monthly basis to give an hour a month to discuss the challenges and the joys, and also to have maybe one or two presenters talking about the challenges that women veterans and their families have in California so that many people can understand what nonprofits are doing out there, where some of the gaps in services are, where their next step might be, how we might start collaborating and partnering, recognizing the challenges that are across the state in, in many ways. California also has the highest number of Native American reservations and rancherias, the highest number of military and veteran children. And so we come to this knowing that many of the impacts upon our women veterans really need to be teased out. We have just in the past six to seven years recognized and tried to lift the voice of the challenges that our women veterans and their families are having. And so just lifting that voice and having a discussion about it makes such a world of difference because for so very long, so many women did not feel, they still don't feel for guard and reserve and for females. We Mm -hmm. never ask the question, are you a veteran? The question that needs to be asked to get the correct information is, have you ever served in the military? Mm-hmm. They might sound like the same question. They're not the same mm-hmm. question. Guard, mm-hmm. reserve, and women many times do not see themselves as a veteran. If you ask, have you ever served in the military, that's an open enough question that the information is being shared. And once you have that little level of trust and they understand and you're a good listener, you can hear what challenges the female veteran and her family or the female service member might be experiencing because there are numerous nonprofits and great programs access and easy accessibility into those programs is the greatest challenge. It's amazing to me. I I didn't know about the Native American number either. Um, California is almost a country unto itself in terms of all of the various cohorts, especially in our military. You also mentioned that there are the highest number of military children also in the state. 
And do you have specific programs for children as well? We have have stood up within the past year and a half the Military Children's Collaborative Group dot com mm. with Debbie Nichols, okay. recognizing that we really need to actively find where the military and veteran children are. And that means approaching school districts and asking, are you on any of your registration forms asking, are, is, is, one or both of the parents, have they ever served in the military? Are they active duty now? Many times what happens, as you well know, Linda and Gary, is that we don't find out about the challenges that our military veteran children are having until they've fallen through the cracks, Mm -hmm. until they're a challenge to the community of the school and the community that they live in. We need to become much more proactive Mm -hmm. in this. And when we can identify and start having the conversation and recognizing in the Los Angeles School District alone, there are over 125 different languages being spoken. And so Los Angeles has been such a blessing in so many different ways because they have actively gone out and tried to bring to the table the resources that would help their staff, teachers, administrators understand the needs of parents that have or are deployed. And, and that is in and of itself a fantastic resource to do because awareness brings a, a much greater open-mindedness and an understanding of the value of our veterans and their active duty partners out there keeping us safe. But the children are often the silent heroes and are, it it goes back to everyone serves. So I think your efforts in that area are especially poignant and really valuable. Thank you. You're welcome. That's part of what the collaborative creates is that you pull people together and their vision and their values come to the surface. And then you have like-minded people that are in that room. And they mm-hmm. decide when they can get together, it's um, synergy. It's not really one plus one equals two. You turn that individual energy into a synergy. And what mm-hmm. we're really trying to create intentionally and attentionally is how can we become paradigm shifting and visionary because what we've been doing for the past 20, 25, 30 years has been the same old, same old. We know it does (laughs) not work. We know it does not work. Why are we continually doing the same thing? We need to be bold. We need to say there are different ways of delivering services that will be suited for our men and women, that will be tailored fit to the community and to the veteran, because a veteran generally will just not have one challenge. It's peeling back the layers. They might call you and say, I need help with this one thing, but when you start peeling the layers back, it's multidimensional. Very true. Well, Mary Ellen, how do 
our listeners get involved? My email is my name, and it's Mary Ellen underscore Salzano at yahoo.com. And if they would like to know how to set up a collaborative in their community, in their state, I would be glad to have a telephone call or send them information. We have found it to be extremely effective in the respect that it connects community, heart-to-heart, hand-to-hand, soul-to-soul, and spirit-to-spirit. And that's what we want to birth, is that community, that the veteran of the family knows someone that is trusted and that they can go to. And it's just not because we don't have a website on the information that was sent out. The Los Angeles Collaborative, which is at U.S. At USC, they have stood up a website. Websites sometimes are not as wonderful as we really need because a veteran and their family can write a website and never hear back. That's true. With us, when you write a human being that is the collaborative facilitator, you know that you will hear back. Because each of us have been impacted in some way or another. Whether we're veterans or family members, we've been impacted. Marilyn, can you give that email address again and perhaps spell your last name for them? Um, I will do it military-wise. <laughs> it's um, right. Mary Ellen. It would be M-A-R-Y-E-L-L-E-N, and then an underscore. And then I'm going to give you my last name, Salzano. Sierra, Alpha, Lima, Zulu, Alpha, November, Oscar, Salzano, at yahoo.com. Nicely done. So why don't you tell us about as far as, I know you were going to mention uh, when we were talking earlier about what our listeners could do as far as uh, maybe building uh, a collaborative. Tell us a little bit about it. We are not a nonprofit. We are a grassroots organization. And it's, it's building that community in your own area, in your own hour, in your own hour and a half. One of the things that we had chatted about earlier is that we have no idea where veteran resources are in our counties because no one is actively watching over the whole county for veteran services. There's a lot of assumptions and perceptions and myths that are out there, and that's part of the biggest challenge that you both hear. One day you're a service member and you're watched over by the government, and then the next day you're a veteran and you have no idea what the state offers. What the state offers is going to be very different than what the county will offer in benefits and what your community will offer in resources and programs. And so we had talked uh, offline a bit about what 211 can bring to the table, health Mm -hmm. and human services. What listeners can do is decide Are we having a conversation in our area about the needs of 
our service members, veterans, and families? And if we're not, how can we have a meeting to start calling those people to the same table to discuss what the challenges might be in the area in which we live? Where the challenges, where the gaps in service are, where the redundancies are, who's falling through the cracks, who's doing great things. Identify the nonprofits. Identify your community colleges. Identify your colleges. In California, we have over 30,000 veterans on our community and state college campuses and universities. That's a huge number. It sure is. Right. And that's, you were both amazed at how many people, how many women veterans we have in California. When you know your statistics in your state and your demographics, that makes it much more real. That's true. Absolutely. Well, Mary Ellen, it's time for that break again. And again, before we go to our break, I just want to thank Mary Ellen for being with us this morning. And Mary Ellen, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Gratitude. Gratitude. That I know the people that are on this telephone call have open hearts (laughs) and a willingness to help, a willingness to get involved, a willingness even to be prayer warriors, a willingness to step boldly forward and to say, we want to ensure that our military, our veterans, and our families are being watched over and cared over by connecting resources and benefits and programs for the services that they deserve. It's a deep gratitude that I bring. Thank you, Mary Ellen. And again, we're going to have to have you back, okay? And again, when we come back, we're going to hear from two proud vets that have a unique way of bringing awareness to PTSD and the veteran suicides by walking 2,700 miles. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. We have Anthony Anderson and Tom Voss from VeteransTrek.com on the phone. I've actually tried to get them to walk here from Wisconsin to Florida <laughs> <laughs> so they could be in the, sh- in the studio with us, but they had something much bigger. Tell us a little bit about what made your decision to walk 2,700 miles, and I hope to God that you have a shoe sponsor. <laughs> uh, not not yet we've had some good people that have uh donated individual pairs of shoes but no sponsors yet and i really hope that uh we're able to find somebody soon because we leave in five weeks that's right you do unbelievable so what made you decide on this type of uh, mileage <laughs> um i think it was something that pretty much started very organically tom called me up and asked me if I had a ruck, and I didn't. Um, and I asked him what he wanted it for, and he said that he uh, wanted to take some time and just try to, you know, kind of figure out some stuff that he never had the opportunity to do after he was done in Iraq. Um, and he was thinking about walking out to see some friends in California. So I said, well, let me run an idea by you. How about both you and I go together? I, too, never had that opportunity. Um, and let's do this try to help vets. Let's try to help dry hooch. Let's uh, eventually, you know, we kind of came to the conclusion of let's try to uh, raise some awareness while we're doing it. Yeah, and to, and to uh, uh, follow that, one of the things that we're um, seeing is that um, Vietnam veterans and, and, you know, the older veterans that we've had uh, contact with have, um, you know, had issues later in life when, you know, they retire from their, um, their job. So we're really trying to kind of address, you know, our issues um, you know, when we had this chance. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, you told me uh, uh, when I was talking to you the first time that once you get it to California, uh, there's Team Rubicon's going to be meeting up with you. Is that correct? Um, yeah, we're talking to them right now about doing that. I was contacted by their District 9 leadership, and they expressed a great amount of interest in welcoming us to L.A. and seeing how they could support the mission. That's phenomenal. You know, what I love to hear is the, um, I'll call it the broadening of the need and awareness that PTSD affects our oldest veterans to our youngest, mm-hmm. and that you are truly understanding that the realm that follows, I, it's a camaraderie and a peer support that doesn't have any boundaries because you're combined for a, a, a united mission, if you will. 
PTSD is very insidious. And so by raising awareness, by meeting up with peers, I imagine that's also to help you too. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was one of the greatest things about me meeting Tom. We met at this place called Dry Hooch, and we were both exposed to this peer-to-peer approach. And um, it's been something that I know I've benefited from uh, greatly, being able to speak to, like Tom mentioned, the Vietnam vets who've mm-hmm. had four-plus decades of successes and failures, trying different things here and there, but for them to be able to share their experience with me, um, both positive and negative, and then also my peers um, from Iraq and Afghanistan, to hear them say, like, hey, listen, I've only been home for a year and I still have these issues. I've been home for five years since my second deployment, uh, about eight years since my first. And so there are some things that I think I've kind of figured out for myself, and then I'm able to kind of share that stuff. So it's a really reciprocal relationship, a give and take, and that's something that we're hoping um, through kind of educating the public with opportunities like this, we can let other people know that there are options like peer-to-peer, and there are a number of issues that the non-veteran community would never even think about affecting veterans today. So the peer-to-peer stuff, the veterans helping other veterans, that's something that both Tom and I really believe in. You know, you brought up a couple times what about dry hooch. Why don't you give us a little on that as far as what is dry hooch? Sure. Um, dry hooch was a nonprofit that was formed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by a group of Vietnam veterans that essentially just wanted to make sure that the next generation of veterans didn't have to deal with the same issues they did, both um, personal issues, societal issues. Um, so what they did was they formed a substance-free environment, um, which is a full-service coffee shop where veterans can come, they can hang out, re-experience the camaraderie that maybe they miss from hanging out uh, in the military. Um, but then at the same time, they have trained peer mentors and peer-led groups ranging on a number of different issues like post-traumatic stress disorder and substance abuse, um, where people can come voluntarily and attend those groups. And if they don't want to, it's okay. They can sit in the coffee shop, uh, watch TV, go on the computer, or just have a conversation. Um, And like I said, that's where Tom and I met. Um, And it was really interesting because I went there looking to get a job, and I ended up making a friend out of it because during Mm -hmm. the interview... Um, we realized we were both infantrymen. We were both served in Iraq in the same time. And so just from my first couple minutes at Dry Hooch, I got to experience what Dry Hooch was all about. Right. And it also um, kind of opens the doors to the uh, community so we can, um, you know, share our experience because I feel that, you know, a lot of veterans feel um, isolated from, from their communities and a lot of uh, community members don't really know how to approach uh, veterans. So this kind of gives a place where, uh, you know, veterans and the community can come together and um, uh, heal. All right. Are you going to be having some type of entourage follow you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've had a number of veterans ask us if they can come with us on the trip, and um, unfortunately we've had to kind of turn them down just logistically. We planned for Tom and myself, um, so we had to kind of, other people on the back burner. However, we both decided that we're more than willing to let people walk with us through their cities and towns, even a couple miles outside their town to a couple miles on the other side of their town. Um, but a lot of people make the allusions to uh, Forrest Gump. So if that happens, uh, <laughs> so be it. But 
just as long as people understand that we don't have enough food, we don't have enough water, uh, they're just going to have to try to wing it just like we do, adapt and overcome, right? Yeah. Now, I've got a question for you logistically, and that answered part of it, but logistically, as you walk, as are you going to have your map, uh, is your map up somewhere so people can watch your progress? Is there a way, um, I know that we're going to be able to follow it here on the radio show each week, knowing where you are and where you've landed, um, but are the towns going to know that you're coming? Or how can we help spread the word? Or how can you tell everyone how they can get involved if they know your route? Um, well, we're we're posting all of the cities and towns that we're going through, and we'll be blogging from the road, so mm-hmm. people will know that we're you know shortly going to be in their town, and the people that okay. have reached out to us and expressed an interest in walking with us. We'll contact them um, at least a few days before and let them know, okay, we're going to be coming through. We are not going to have um, a full-on live map. Like, neither Tom nor I are going to be wearing, like, GPS locators or anything like that. And that's mainly (laughs) just for our safety. Um, I agree. But we are going to be, like I said, posting pictures, posting videos, and doing updates. Basically, every time we can get to an area with Internet, or where someone is generous enough to let us into their home and basically let us sleep in their backyard. Um, We'll be doing updates, but uh, we've had some media reach out to us and say that they'd like to cover it when we go through their their area. So people will know, um, and we really want to include as many people as possible. Like Tom mentioned about Dry Hooch, it's about bringing the community and the veterans together. So Mm -hmm. we want to bring as many people into this project as possible. Being mindful, though, that we can't take a, a huge cohort. Yes. Makes perfect sense. Yes. Why don't you touch on VeteransTrek.com? Uh, sure. So Veterans Trek, like I said, it kind of came about very organically just through a conversation between Tom and me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've done is we've reached out through social media, through the web, and basically said, we're going to do this walk. We're going to do it to raise money for Dry Hooch, and we're going to do it to raise veterans' awareness of all sorts of different issues. Um, and so far, we've had a really good reception. People have started following along. Um, we started getting money donated for Dry Hooch. We've gotten a number of our equipment donated. Um, and we're basically trying to utilize uh, technology, basically the Internet, mm. to reach people because it just seems to be the biggest mode uh, nowadays to reach people. So it's kind of like 21st century organic. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take that short break. I'm Gary Ray along with my co-host, Linda Crater, and our guest, Anthony and Tom from VeteransTrek.com. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, 
who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Well, welcome back. And what's exciting about this, uh, my hometown is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, that's when I saw that, I went, my God, especially when they're talking about Brady Street. <laughs> of course, in the 60s and 70s, it was a whole lot different than it is today. Am I right on that? <laughs> well, the 60s and 70s predate me, uh, Gary, so I can't Ouch. comment about that. But I'm told that it's very different. <laughs> Did I say 60s and 70s? Didn't I mean 90s? <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't you tell us what did you just? Why did you decide on this type of route, and you know, where are you going from here? Um, well, we kind of decided on it because um, you, you can kind of really uh, visualize uh, Milwaukee to uh, Los Angeles. But on top of that, we kind of wanted to do something that wasn't, um, you know, wasn't really easy. And you know, it's for, for us, uh, we've been out for a little bit, so we wanted to challenge and. Um, we wanted to really, um, you know, bring awareness and do something that brought awareness to um, a lot of the veterans' issues. So we're starting in Milwaukee. We're going to L.A., and that will take us through uh, Wisconsin to Iowa, from Iowa to Nebraska, Nebraska down through Colorado, and then into New Mexico, over to Arizona, and then uh, to finish up in California. So it's going to be around 2,700 miles, uh, give or take, and should take us around five months. And um, it's, it's, it's about 107 cities. I can't imagine walking for five months. <laughs> That's phenomenal, guys. <laughs> well, it's only five months if we don't hit bad weather and neither Tom or I get sick or injured. So five months is, I, like I looked up on the Internet and I saw a Vietnam vet walked a comparable distance in 150 days. And Tom and I had basically plotted it out for 151 so I said, I guess we're pretty much spot on with our math, which kind of surprised me since we were both in the infantry and math isn't exactly anything that <laughs> is pushed in the infantry. So uh, we had it, yeah, like Tom said, like about 105, 107 cities and towns. And it's really cool because it's a combination of trails, um, city streets, county highways, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, trails basically from Iowa through Nebraska, there's a cross-country trail and we'll be hopping on and off that 
to get to, uh, through those two states. Um, and we're really looking forward to it because we think we're going to meet some really interesting people. Um, I've never been to California, Arizona, or New Mexico, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what those states look like and just kind of getting the experience. So you can't get the experience walking around the block, uh, so we said, why don't we just walk around about a million blocks. You committed to how many miles a day? Um, we're planning for about 20. Right. So that that will allow us to take uh, every fifth day off if we need it, but we can uh, kind of push through, too, if we want. That's phenomenal, guys. I'd tell, is is a dry hooch, is that a, like a franchise? Um, it's, it's growing. Um, uh-huh. People can open chapters in other cities and towns if they're interested. They and can. if they are, all they have to do is contact dry hooch staff. Um, it started when both Tom and I met. Um, there was one dry hooch on Brady Street in Milwaukee. Okay. Um, that has since expanded. Last year, we opened a smaller model called a FOB. Uh, we utilize the same jargon, you know, mm-hmm. that veterans are familiar with. And the FOB doesn't have the full coffee shop, but it has all the full services. And then we opened another location in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, last year in spring. And that's just like Brady Street, full coffee shop. Um, all the services. And over the course of oh, probably about the last six months, there's been a, a lot of interest expressed um, kind of in the Midwest area, like around Chicago and in Iowa and stuff like that. So it is expanding. Um, the approach is it's really cool. It's really interesting. It's really um, not pushy. You know, like when you come into a dry hooch, it's not like walking into a doctor's office. Um, so it's very mm-hmm. comfortable. And I think the more exposure veterans have to it, uh, the more they really appreciate um, what they can get there and the way in which it's provided to them. That's phenomenal. How do these communities also support Dry Hooch, or don't they? I mean, is it is it more or less kept separate from the community, or is the community encouraged to learn and to interact with the veterans? Um, they're encouraged. Uh, it's not closed off. Um, on the outside, you know, it's, it's a full coffee shop, so the people can come in, but the, the peer-led groups, those really mm-hmm. are uh, reserved for veterans. Um, mm-hmm. But we want the non-veteran community to come in. The example I always give is, you know, people know what post-traumatic stress disorder is. Non-veterans know about it. But they generally... I feel know about it from what they hear in the news, and typically good stories aren't making the news. So it's criminal right. behavior. It's you know it's all the negative stuff. Mm-hmm. So the example is you know someone comes in and they talk to me and they find out you know I have a college degree. I've been married for nine years. I have a little daughter. I don't get in trouble with the police. All these different things, and I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. So hopefully mm-hmm. that gives them pause to say, like, well, maybe there's a little bit something different because he doesn't really fit the mold of what I thought that was. So it's a really good opportunity for the non-veteran community to get exposure, to hear the stories that veterans have to share, to hear the perspectives that veterans have to share, and at the same time provide the support from the community that's so vital for a place like Dry Hooch to work. It really is a community effort. If people feel that when the veteran comes home, kind of like your previous caller was mentioning, you know, veterans come home, they used to work in a system where if they needed uniforms or food or shelter or they're having issues, they knew where to turn or there was something right there. 
when they come back, the veteran has been trained to think there's nothing I can't overcome. This mm-hmm. issue, I can deal with it. Um, and they tend to internalize it. So like Tom was mentioning before about that isolation, they won't admit that there's a problem. And sometimes they need family to push them or sometimes it takes too long and you get, you know, criminal behavior that starts kind of pushing them towards an intervention. But really the community has to understand that veterans are your neighbors. Veterans work at the same place that you work. They, uh, their kids attend the same school that your kids attend. They're in every community. And so the community needs to understand that they have a role in trying to welcome them home after the parade stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's extremely valuable, which is exactly why I asked that question, because the majority of civilians that we come across, they're very willing to do whatever they can do to help. It's those few stories that are negative that hit the papers or online. And so having these open community opportunities is a benefit on both sides because veterans are a wonderful value to each of the communities. And having a location where you can come in and meet and greet and help support and and just show affirmation for the service that has been given is a wonderful opportunity for both parties. So I think it's an excellent program that you all are running and expansion would be fantastic. How do people find out about doing that? Um, They can go to Dryhooch's website, um, www.dryhooch.org, and there's a tab near the top about uh, chapters. You can click on them. You can see where chapters currently exist. Like I said, right now, operational. Um, We're just in Wisconsin, but we're looking Mm -hmm. at expanding out. And so if they're interested, they could contact the founder. His name is Bob Curry, and his email address is just Bob. Um, It's spelled the same forward and backward, B-O-B, at (laughs) dryhooch.org. Or they could contact me up till August 30th when Tom and I go um, at anthony at dryhooch.org, and I'll send chapter information about the three different types of dry hooches um, and how people could get one started. That's terrific information. Thank you. The well, beauty people... part, too, is since Tom and I have started talking about Veterans Trek, I've received two inquiries, one in Texas and one in Arizona. So the word is starting to get out. All right. Well, how can our listeners uh, donate? I think probably the easiest way is going to our website, www.veteranstrek.com, and there's um, a number of opportunities there. If they're looking at donating money, if they click on the Donate tab, 100% of the money we raise goes to Dry Hooch, every cent of it. Um, There's ways for if businesses want to get involved, they can see how their involvement would look. Um, And if someone says, you know what, I don't really know what to donate, Tom and I have come up with ways to kind of suggest it. So one suggested donation is $22, which would be a dollar uh, for every veteran that commits suicide every day, right. or $50, which is a dollar for every percent um, a veteran is to become homeless over a non-veteran. So if mm-hmm. you say you want to get involved but you don't really know how, there's that way. The other way is a needs list. Um, Tom and I have had a number of things, and we are so extremely grateful to the people that have donated equipment for us to do this walk but there's still a number of things that we need and they're detailed Mm -hmm. right there and if you know we made it real simple there's an amazon link right next to it so if you're interested in donating that um you can see a link right there 
All right. Again, we'd like to thank Anthony and Tom for being with us today. Just a reminder that every week we'll have that live update uh, from Anthony and Tom as they actually their ventures across the USA. And, of course, that's if they have the reception. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, you did a great job. We want to get you back on just before you leave, okay? Yeah, and you have any, you, you have any uh, closing remarks at all? Um, I just just we're real uh, real thankful for the uh, the support that has been shown uh, so far, and, and it's really gonna um, we're really gonna do our best to um, kind of shine a light on uh, what's going on in the veteran communities. So we'd like to uh, definitely thank everyone who has uh, donated so far, and uh, for everyone who will. All right, thanks, guys. Linda, you have any closing remarks? No, I'm just forever awed at the efforts <laughs> I see in our nation, our right. fine nation, where people are really working together to find solutions and answers that are community-based and grassroots-oriented to draw attention to our valuable veteran community and our service member families. Right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I'm Gary Ray, along with Linda Crater. Signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and have a terrific week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.